Please turn in your Bibles and uh, to this morning's scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 26. If you would like to follow along using a pew Bible, you can find the passage on page 811. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he, eat, for he either, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth, and not because we declare it so, but because it comes from you, and you are the truth. And so that's where the authority comes from. So Lord, in these moments, will you give us ears to hear you and hearts open to you, will you help us to, to understand what, what Jesus was saying to the people in that day and saying to us? We ask for this and we pray in the precious name of Jesus, amen. We are... Today, beginning a, a three-week series that I've called Kingdomnomics. Now, I have to tell you, uh, I thought I made up that word, kingdom and economics. I thought it was rather clever, in fact. And then I decided to Google it, uh, 
And what do you know? Um, someone else had made up that word also. Uh, there, there is a, a book. I don't have the book. I don't know really what it's about, so this is not an endorsement, but uh, uh, someone used that term in the title of their book. Uh, but I, I do want to tell you that I had never heard of that before I decided to name this series, and I'm pretty sure that I was first to make it up. I'm... <laughs> I can't prove it, but uh, so why, why do a series on, on kingdomnomics? Uh, and that's not that easy to say, by the way. I don't know if you've tried yet. Um, first of all, I want to speak to those of you who are, are visiting with us today uh, or who have just started worshiping with us, because if, if this is your first Sunday with us, and you walked in, or maybe your first Sunday in a church, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, great. <laughs> what I've always heard about churches is true. All they talk about is money. Well, I can, I can simply assure you that that is not the case. And it's certainly not the case here. So why do a series? And if you're visiting with us, I'm glad you're here. And look, if you're just checking out what Christianity is about, I want to tell you that kingdomnomics is not your first priority. The first thing is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting in him alone for eternal life. And yet, this is a big deal in the Christian life once those first matters have been settled. But let me, let me try to explain and let me start with the negatives of of, of reason, not reasons why I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, I'm not doing this series because we need the money at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need the money or couldn't use the money here. In fact, many churches that I know of have had a very rough year. I have a friend in a very healthy church that for the first time in their history, they are looking at their budget and, and thinking about having to make ministry cuts because of the economics. That's a difficult thing. We are not in trouble here. That's not the purpose of this series. In fact, it's been several years since I've done any series on stewardship itself. And secondly, I'm, I'm not doing it because we want the money at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. And again, I'm not saying that we do not want your money. 
But what I am saying is that's not the motivation for this series. Here is my motivation for this brief series on the kingdom and economics. Because Jesus talked about money and he talked a lot about it. 16 of the 38 parables were concerned with how to handle money and possessions. In the Gospels, and this is, this is amazing to me, one out of 10 verses, 288 in all, deal directly in terms of his teaching with the subject of money. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Now, why? What's the big deal? Does God need the money? Can't he finance the kingdom without us? Why does he tell us to take offerings in the context of worship? I want to answer these questions by looking today at some of the foundational principles of what I'm calling kingdomnomics. Uh, but let me just tell you where we're going in the next two weeks because you, you have an opportunity to take part in this. Next week, I'm going to, the message is on the logistics of kingdomnomics. And then the third week, we're going to be dealing with questions surrounding kingdomnomics. So here's your role. You can submit questions to be dealt with. Now, if we get 500 questions, I'm not going to be able to deal with all 500. But I will deal with them in categories, certainly, and that's probably how they will fall out. So if you have questions from today's message or next week's message or just ones in general, I want you to email them to me. And you can find my email address. It's just weldon at sapc.net. And uh, we'll accumulate those and we will deal with those. So what are some of the foundational principles uh, of kingdomnomics? The first one and this is where we start, is that God is the owner of everything and we are the stewards. God is the owner and we are the stewards. So back in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and I'm going to be going through various parts of the Bible. Uh, uh, it, 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 it goes throughout the scripture, but you will see Old Testament, New Testament, uh, gospel, epistles. Uh, but in First Chronicles 29, the whole chapter, that whole chapter is about how much had been given by David 
and by the leadership and by the people financially to build God's temple. Now, that could have rightly been celebrated. Would have been appropriate to celebrate it. In fact, some might have been tempted to take pride in how much had been given because that chapter talks about how much and it's, it's massive. It's a lot, a lot of money and, and possessions that were given. But then we get David's prayer. And this is what he says in 1 Chronicles 29, beginning with verse 14. Instead of taking pride in what he had given, he said this, but who am I? And what is my people? That we should be able thus to offer willingly for all things come from you and of your own we have given you. You get it? Everything's yours. Everything we have is yours. And so what we've given came from you. Verse 15, for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. Now David was right. Instead of commenting on how much everyone had given, although it's recorded there in the scripture, but instead of him saying, God, look, look how much we've given. He was humbled and rightfully so. He was rightfully humbled and acknowledges that all their gifts to God were first given to them. Parents, you know what that's like? Remember when your, your kids were little? And they want to they wanna give you something for Christmas? Where's the money come from? Well, you, you slip them some money, right? And then they go out and, and buy it and they joyfully present it to you. And what do you do? Oh, thank you. I love it. And the reality is, and they don't even understand this, that they're, they're giving you that which was rightfully yours. And that's how it works with God. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, what do you have that you did not receive? And that's the way God works. Any quality, any gift that we have came from him. He initiates them. Remember, he initiates worship. That's why the first thing we do in worship is a call to worship. It is God calling us, and then we respond. He initiates everything. Where did love come from? We love because he first loved us. That's how he works. So we want to give. 
not just give, but we, we want to. And when we do, we're acknowledging when we give to him that everything that I give has come from you. Do you know what that is um, when we acknowledge that? It is legitimate regifting, right? You know what regifting is. Seinfeld? Come on. Okay. All right. I'm shocked that you watched that show, but <laughs> the whole idea of regifting is that you're 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 given a gift, and then at some point you wrap it up and you give it to somebody else. It's, that's re-gifting. Now, in polite society, we aren't to do that. And that's why I've said this is legitimate in the kingdom because that's the only possible way we can give to God is give back to him that which he first gave to us. So that's principle number one. Second principle, God looks at the heart, not the amount. Luke chapter 21. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Why do you think he saw that? Because the rich were making sure people saw that. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. So only Jesus would know that. How do people outside the kingdom look at that same scene? They would be absolutely impressed by the ones that Jesus was not at all impressed by. Because those outside of the kingdom, those that don't understand kingdomnomics, would say, it's all about the amount. Look how much they're giving. Isn't that cool? Wow. Those are good people. Those are great people. And Jesus, because he knows he knows what proportion they gave, and he knows what proportion she gave. And he said, you know, here's, here's what you need to know. She actually put in more. Oh, no, Lord, she only put in two small copper coins. I said she put in more because she did it out of her poverty. She put in all she had to live on. Now, what person in their right mind would do that? Only a person 
that is trusting something other than their money for the rest of their life. Only someone who is trusting more than their money for the next day, maybe for that day. And so Jesus is making the point. It's, it's about sacrifice. Equal sacrifice, not equal gifts. We can fool others. Jesus know, knows what we have. He knows what we could give. He knows what we choose not to give. And it's a heart issue. And by the way, in case you're wondering, I don't know those things. I stay away from knowing those things in the church. That's between you all and the Lord. So the third principle that is closely related, so we see that God's the owner of everything, we're the stewards. Secondly, God looks at the heart, not the amount. Giving to God reveals where your heart really is. This is uh, from what was read earlier. Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Back in uh, 1815, Napoleon was defeated in the Battle of Waterloo. Now, the hero of that battle was the Duke of Wellington. One of the Duke of Wellington's uh, biographers claims to have had advantage over all the other biographers of the Duke of Wellington. He said this, that his advantage was that he had found an old account ledger that showed how the Duke had spent his money. And that, says the biographer, was far, a far better clue to what the Duke thought was really important than reading his letters or speeches. And when I read that, I thought, hmm, okay. If my biographer had my checkbook and tax returns, what would my biographer write about what is important to me? What would be said? What's really important? to him. Where are his loyalties? His focus? Who's he serving? Look at what Jesus said. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God wants you to to be involved in giving to, to him because your heart is going to follow. Now, I, I want you to notice carefully the wording of what Jesus said here. It does not say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. That tends to be how we think. You know, that's where my heart is. I'm going to send my money that way. 
It starts out by talking about where your treasure is, and it indicates that's where your heart will go. In my uh, previous church, my administrative uh, assistant uh, that worked with me in the office uh, had a son that went to the University of Georgia. Now, at the same time, I had a son that uh, was going to Georgia Tech. They had been friends with each other in, in high school. And if you know anything about the rivalry over there, that's a, that, well, at one time it was a big rivalry. Now Georgia just wins every year. But uh, some of you know how that goes. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get back to the sermon, okay? So whenever that week came, because they were more even at the time, and one would win, and then the the other one would win, and that kind of thing, and uh, we uh, we would have words. Now, not real bad words, but but jokingly and so on toward one another. But but here's the thing: why why was that? Well, because our hearts went where our treasures went. We were both paying a lot of tuition. (laughs) Well, we had sons there too. I guess, you know, those were treasures as well. But that's, that's what happens. Neither of us went to those schools, but but once, once our, our treasure went there and then our hearts went there, then all of a sudden you feel passionate about it. And Jesus says, yeah, that's the way, that's the way it works. Giving to God, fourthly, also shows where your security is. We read earlier in Matthew 6, 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than than they? Hebrews 13.5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, that's what's important. Job 31, 24. If I have made gold my trust or called fine gold my confidence, this also would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges, for I would have been false to God above. Preacher paid a, a visit to a farmer. Said, if you had $200, would you give $100 to the Lord? Yes, I would, preacher. If you had two cows, would you give one cow to the Lord? Yes, I would. 
If you had two pigs, would you give one to the Lord? Farmer replied, that's not fair. You know I have two pigs. Where was his security? It's all good when it's theory, isn't it? But his security was in his pig, not in the one who provided the pig. Where's our security? Where's my security? It's a good question for us to ask. Is it in my savings? Is is it in my retirement fund? Is it, where is it? Or is my insecurity because those aren't there? In terms of applying this, and this is another reason we're doing this series, is, is because of how important God sees this. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, verse 18, I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. So they were sending gifts. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Two things in that passage. One is that giving is worship. That's a part of kingdomnomics. When you give to him, it says it's a a fragrant offering. It smells good to him. It's an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to him. It doesn't earn you favor with him. He enjoys it when his children give back to him that which he has provided. And then the second thing that's there, you, you cannot outgive God. It says this, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If, if he runs out of riches, then we're in trouble. but he doesn't run out of riches. And we will never be in trouble when we trust him. So what do I do? What if these principles make sense to me and and I wanna wanna do the right thing. I, I wanna become more of a disciple in that area. Well, next week we're going to continue to talk about the actual logistics of kingdomnomics. This week, hang in here with me. I want you to do only one thing. Only one thing this week. Do not worry about percentage of giving. Don't worry about amount of giving. Don't worry about how you're going to make ends meet if we start giving or we 
begin giving biblically, those are all secondary issues. This week, I want you to do one thing, and that is pray this prayer. You can put it in your own words, but it's very simple. Lord, grant me a heart that wants to give to you. That's it. Don't figure. Don't figure stuff out. Ask him to work on your heart this week. And that goes for all of us. Even if you are giving biblically and it's always been your pattern, we always need to do heart checks. One thing. Let's pray together. Lord, would you do that for us? I suspect there are some that are, are worried about, about what this is going to mean lifestyle-wise or, or obedience-wise. And there's some that are excited to do the right thing. But Lord, this week, will you work on our hearts? Put them in the right place. We can't do that. We can't engineer that. It shouldn't happen uh, from anything we're doing, but only as your Holy Spirit works on our hearts. And so will you grant us hearts that want to give to you? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.